You are listening to the IBC Podcast, your international baseball career guide. Play ball! Now, here's your host, David Burns. Hey guys, it's episode number 40, and today I have Rob Herman back on the podcast, or aka Bob German. He fills us in about his story this time. Last time it was about German baseball and his stint with the Paderborn Untouchables in 2013. And this time it's more about his uh, his pro baseball tour or his pro baseball career that originated in the United States uh, with, and then made his way over to Australia, then Germany, and most recently in France. Uh, quite an interesting story. It basically uh, tells the tale of a, of a guy that's a little smaller in stature at five foot nine, and how he had to fight his way into professional baseball in the states. And after kind of being overlooked or underrated, he decided to take his career overseas. So he dives into that and also tells us about some uh, of the travels along his way, including uh, a baseball tournament in Prague, Czech Republic, called the Prague Baseball Week. Uh, he went there the past two years and won. Uh, they won the tournament actually with a team of other imports uh, called the International Stars. He also played in Barcelona, Spain, uh, with the Paderborn Untouchables at the European Cup. So a lot of uh, great information. It's a cool story. So make sure to stay tuned and listen to that. Also make sure to listen for the Mimewood Bat question. Uh, we're giving away a free bat, Mimewood bat, and it's the final question out of six to get your name in the draw. So make sure to listen for that and uh, email in your answer. So without further ado, let's get on with this episode number 40 with Rob Herman. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by Mimewood Bats. Handcrafted by Italian Beechwood and engineered to perfection, where artful design and rigorous science meet, from the forest to the field, Mimewood Bats delivers excellence. Rob, welcome back for round two. Thank you. How are you doing today, David? Good. So one of your episodes, uh, I believe it was episode number 16, was one of the most listened to episodes, provided a lot of good information about German baseball. Uh, so, but things have developed further since then. Uh, you've moved on from Germany. You've made your way over to France, um, and uh, we didn't really talk much about your your tenure in in uh, Australia as well in that previous interview. So, I think for for anyone that's didn't listen to that episode, maybe we'll we'll kind of go back to you know where you were, uh, well, where you went to college, where you played college ball, and then um, post college. What your options were, where you played, and then and then ultimately what led you to decide to to go overseas. Cool. Um, yeah. So uh, basically, went to a, a smaller Division three college. Uh, it was a state university, New York school, so it's called Fredonia State. Um, had a blast there. Played played four years. Loved where I was, and uh, you know, kind of knew after that that I wasn't quite done. Um, so after getting done with that really everywhere I'd played I'd heard a lot of things you know I'm kind of a smaller guy and coming out of a small market it was kind of tough to to really get set up anywhere so uh went to a couple of independent uh professional developmental leagues and those worked out great I had a good time met some great players and I uh, ended up signing in the Pecos League mm-hmm. Um, so I did did first year in the Pecos League. Uh, that that winter was the first time I went to Australia, and so I did go to Canberra. Uh, after that season, I went back to the states and then back to Canberra again. So mm-hmm. obviously, it was it was good enough to get me back there twice. 
Yeah, yeah. So summer year round too. That's what's cool about it as well. So yeah, definitely. So the Pecos League, yeah, you did well. So you know, I looked at your your profile and it looks like you had two successful seasons there, and then boom, you're no longer no more indie ball uh, for you in the states, and uh, your career has since just been overseas. So can you kind of take me through that decision process? What made you decide to to play overseas year round instead of just uh, just in the winter? Yeah, uh, so so indie ball, you know, same idea. I had a great great time with it. Uh, met met some fantastic guys. You know, there's some some good talent in the states, and uh, in independent ball also was very interesting for me because it's you know meeting a lot of guys kind of like myself that came out of smaller markets or you know were hurt at one point or another, or, you know whatever it was, whatever your story was, everybody ended up in the same place at the same time. So I mm-hmm. uh, had a lot of fun with it. Um, I had spoken to a few different leagues and uh, basically like American Association Frontier League they kind of told me you know you're you're not not really up there on the experience level yet we need to get a couple more years under you so go to the Pecos League play as many games as you can and you know give us a call after so basically did that did everything I was told and um, had two rather successful seasons and uh, I did sign in the Frontier at one point I signed with uh, the Washington Wild things mm-hmm. and then that kind of fell apart before I even got there so uh, that was the point where I realized in the States you know it's a, it's a little tough because there's so many ball players uh, it's very easy to slip through the cracks like a lot of guys do and um, after Australia I, I kind of realized that that was you know that's a, a, a different field than professional ball a different field than college ball you know it's a club atmosphere yeah. which a lot of guys aren't really acquainted with until they go overseas yeah um and so australia i think was really really what opened my eyes to the whole overseas baseball because um you know i realized that i could travel uh could work if i wanted to experience completely different place you know uh new people new places is always always something i'm into so i did that and after after my second stint in australia i was kind of kind of broke between going back to the u.s and you know fighting for a spot in the frontier league or going to europe and uh basically i uh I was really interested in germany so i sent out emails and whatnot to several teams and heard from one of the top teams which was the paderborn untouchables and mm-hmm. just decided that was the next step for me so you know really uh the independent ball was great but i i kind of kind of realized I love to travel and you know a lot of this is all about life experience and you know sticking around in the U.S. and in small little towns is is one thing but you know if you can travel the world and see new countries and continents and places that's a that was something I I really found appealing and um, you know to this day I don't don't regret it one bit yeah yes definitely a great option and you know I think you do everyone comes to a point in their career where they have to they come to those crossroads and they have to decide you know to to keep pursuing the dream or 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 make the the, make the most of it you know uh and making the most of it can be can be pretty darn cool when when you've traveled all over the world like you have at this point and seen a lot of places and 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 like you said those uh these these clubs overseas it's like a one big family you know it's something that you don't you've never experienced until you've been here so so that led you to germany you had a good year in germany um and then there uh you know that led to to uh, montpellier on the mediterranean in france uh which is pretty 
pretty uh, exotic looking in my eyes. I've been to Barcelona and I couldn't imagine just living there a year, you know, all for six months playing baseball. It must have been a pretty cool experience. Uh, so, yeah, why don't we, uh, sure, we'll jump into that right now then. We'll jump into to your experience in Montpellier. So the past year, um, I'm assuming you had another good year uh, because I've, I've looked through your track record and it seems like year after year you're having a good year. And uh, how did it go in Montpellier? I went really well, actually. Um, you know, I had a lot of fun in Germany, and uh, I knew the, the French league is typically thought of as being a little bit underneath the German level. Uh, so I wasn't wasn't too sure what to expect, but went there, and uh, basically Montpellier had a, had a great team. Once again, it was a great family feel, like really, really tight team. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought overall we, we weren't the most talented team, but I thought we were we were probably the best fit for each other. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, went through and uh, we finished the regular season in first place. Uh, we're in, sitting pretty good going into playoffs and uh, lost out in semifinals to St. Arc Templiers, who ended up winning the championship. So, yeah. so all in all, the, the baseball was a, a good thing. And, um, you know, like I said, it, it really is. It's a great club. It's an amazing family feel, you know, good people around you and yeah. good support there. And, and then... Beyond that, uh, Montpellier was absolutely unbelievable. It was uh, everywhere I've been, everywhere I've traveled. Montpellier might might be might be one of the tops. Really, it was a, it's a very livable city. It's a beautiful city. It's not too big, but you know, big enough. And yeah. you got you got Mediterranean Sea right there. You got rivers, and you know, basically anything you want. You got countryside, or you got ocean front so yeah yeah so it was it was right up my alley as far as living and travel goes so. well i didn't realize that you guys had finished first um uh, i remember you were doing well and then i kind of tuned out and i came back at the end of the year and and saw that center had won and i knew that uh paris university had a good season and and ruen um actually um tapered off there at the end a little bit you know after a number of years uh, winning the league so so you guys were right in the thick of things it just didn't work out in the playoffs yeah no we were right there the whole year um that's so basically one thing i found about all the european leagues is usually those top teams are pretty solid mm-hmm. and uh you know it's the same way in the french league the, the top four teams i thought were really competitive mm-hmm. uh the two two after them were pretty solid and then the bottom teams you know they take a lashing here and there but um but yeah we were right there all year uh came down to the last day uh we ended up sweeping sweeps swept saying our actually before the semi-final series so swept them in the last regular season regular season series of the year and uh finished up i think we were 21 and 7 on the regular mm-hmm. season and uh, so yeah, we were looking good going into that. You know, we had played with played with all those top teams, uh, like you said, Rouen. You know, usually they're they're a superpower, and they are. They have a, a very talented team, but we were able to. Uh, I believe we split with them in the regular season, also, mm-hmm. and um, you know, stayed right there and came down the last minute, but we finished on top. So, so going in that first round, we had a we had a bye in the first round, so went straight to semis, and then that's that's when we got. Got beat out by St. Art, but it was a good series, and yeah. um, you know they were a tough team. They were, they they did a good job this year in the European Cup, also, and yeah. you know I think they took down a, an Italian team and um, played right up there with a few others. So well, when when you're talking about the top four clubs in in France, I guess there, there probably wouldn't be much difference between them and the top four in Germany, for example. I know that they all play, you know fare pretty well against the the you know the dutch and the italian teams in 
in the European Cup. So I, I, I don't think there's much difference between, for example, Regensburg, Paderborn, or or Solingen, or, or with uh, the French clubs as well. Yeah, and that was that was kind of one thing that was exposed this year in the European Cup. You know, usually those those teams do dominate, but this year it was pretty even. You know, was, I know uh, Germany went down to a French team also, and you know, it's just good to see that. Though it's good to see a mix, and you know, kind of see all of Europe competing rather than just just one or two of the top leagues. Yeah, so. yeah, I, I find that that the top teams in in Germany, France now. Czech Republic are you know are able to hang with with the Dutch and, and Italian teams a bit more and and then amongst each other they're they're very competitive so when yeah, I, I caught the European Championships in Regensburg and and you know France had beat um, beat Germany uh, so that was uh, you know it, it was all pretty tight between them and Spain as well it was all pretty tight so so it's good to watch yeah. uh, good baseball and. So it sounds like you had a, a pretty cool year, Montpellier. As you know, I, I made my way to Barcelona this summer, and I know that's only about three hours away, and that was an experience of a lifetime. And I know that you played in Barcelona in 2013 in the European Cup, right? Yep. Yeah, so I uh, did that with Paderborn, uh, which was a wonderful experience. Anybody that's played up there or hasn't played up there, you know, I'd definitely recommend it. You know, University Park, or, or sorry, Olympic Park up there is yeah. a great setup, kind of sitting right on top of the city. And, yeah. you know, as, as far as travel goes to Barcelona, is definitely right up there and one of the premier destinations in, in Europe. So, yeah. so that was great. And like you said, yeah, we were basically right down the road from it. So, you know, we had the same weather. Uh, Montpellier actually usually goes to, plays a spring training series down in down in Barcelona, which I wasn't wasn't there in time for this year, so um, didn't make it down there. But you know, it's uh, it's nice to have that option. You know, a lot of that's one thing. Coaching and um, you know helping out around around the club, you see a lot of the, a lot of the teams from Spain come up and play in tournaments, and you know bring kids teams up and stuff. So it's it's really good to have that border there where you can you know bring in some different competition and kind of kind of spread the baseball love around. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've I've uh, I noticed that it was only it's only about three hours from Barcelona to Montpellier, and when I went to Barcelona, I was thinking of renting a car, or taking a train, and coming and visiting you. But just time didn't 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 really add up. You know, I was only there for three days, and just didn't didn't kind of work out. But maybe uh, if you are returning to Montpellier, are you planning going back? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm doing my best right now. Uh, I need to need to tie some ends up at home and. Um, and put some funds together to to be able to come back and travel like I like to. But but I'm gonna do my best to get back there. So so if I am there, definitely you've got a place to stay. Yeah, I guess that that's the one thing about a, a you know a long term career overseas is funds can get a little tight. You know, especially when you're playing year round like you've been doing. So uh, and if you want to travel and have a good time, then you do need to reach into your own pocket a bit because I know. You know, most most uh, clubs in Europe aren't going to pay you much more than enough to to cover your living expenses. You know, so any extra, yeah. extracurricular activities that may go on um, usually uh, are in your own pocket or out of your own pocket. Yeah, definitely. You know, one thing I found though is independent ball is not any better. You know, even even in affiliate minor league baseball, you know those yeah. those guys aren't aren't making very much money either. So, yeah. you know, either way, the the way I see it, I could be breaking even in the states or breaking even while I travel the world. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So 
So no, that's great, great information. I you know I've, I have a number of interviews about French baseball, so I'm not really going to go into the, the amount of imports and everything. I, I have noticed that there's kind of a a division between importing Venezuelan players, for example, and Americans. I know a couple clubs seem to import Americans uh, and some import Venezuelans. Uh, maybe there's more of a trend, especially after Montpellier doing so well this year. Maybe there's gonna, we're going to see more of a trend of more Americans coming over. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, that's something I found interesting. You know, I didn't didn't expect going into France to have that many Latin players around. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially with France, because there are a lot of French islands, which, you know, are primarily, you know, Spanish-speaking Latin-type people. Yeah. But, you know, they can make it to France. So, so it was a bit of a surprise. But a few of those teams there, um, the teams that do import them are, a lot of them are Spanish-speaking guys. So, you know, they're pulling in guys that kind of kind of match the team, yeah. uh, match the culture there yeah and so you know it makes a little difference but uh paris is one of them you know paris there's 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 a lot of latin players in paris but you know they kind of kind of hook up and you know stick together and that's why they, they can put together some pretty solid teams with it also for sure yeah yeah so that's that's pretty cool where, where all have you been now in europe where where let's start with where have you played in europe which countries have you played baseball in whether it's a tournament or it's yeah, it, or, or a league that you played in? Yeah, so all in all in Europe, uh, I've definitely played Germany, France. Uh, I've done Prague Baseball Week twice now, so yeah. Czech Republic. I've uh, played in Barcelona, and that might be about it that's but. what it says on your resume so that's what kind of what i was expecting you to say <laughs> so you brought home a couple of championships in Prague, Prague baseball week so can you tell me a little bit about Prague baseball week is it you know like in in austria we have fingston ball here which is probably more party than baseball uh what, what do you think what do, what do you think the balance is there in, in Prague? i'm expecting a little more serious um, yeah, it just depends. That's a, one thing. The, the team that we put together in Prague, you know, we call call, call ourselves the interna- International Stars. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of basically the majority of guys are imports like myself playing, playing all around Europe. Um, you know, I know quite a few of those guys you've done interviews with also. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Prague Baseball Week is generally a little bit, little bit more serious for most of the teams. A lot of the national teams go there and kind of use it as – as a, a tuning fork for the the rest of their season, um, you know, last year they had the European Championships, so mm-hmm. so a lot of those national teams had there. You know, it's a chance for the teams to be together, kind of be in that tournament type atmosphere to re- prepare them for that, and then also it brings together some some really competitive teams. Yeah. Um, so so as far as the national teams goes, it's definitely definitely a pretty serious. But as far as the international stars go, we we tend to have a good time. You know, we're there there to play baseball too. But you know, it's uh, it's never a shortage of fun out there. So Prague's a Prague's a hell of a city to to travel around and you know bounce around and have some fun in. So yeah. so both years, you know, that's been a, a great great experience. That's one any any guys that get an opportunity to do that, I would push them there as hard as I could because it is it's it's a great time out there. Yeah, and it's, it's I think it's not that easy to get on that club that team either i know uh justin princeton's gathering up guys you know approaching it and, and bringing in some guys but i think he's had to turn away a few because uh, how many guys were on that roster 
Yeah, I think this year we started with a fairly big roster. The the, the challenging part is some of the leagues don't take a break during that time. Yeah. Um, so I know this year uh, we were the same way. You know, a lot of the guys had to play on the weekend when the championship mm-hmm. game actually was. So yeah. uh, I think we started maybe around 30 guys, but most of them, by the end of it, you know, it was down to, I think, maybe 14, 15 guys just yeah. barely scratching by for a championship game. Yeah. But, but like you said, you know, we come out both years, uh, the victors, and uh, played some very competitive ball. You know, a couple of those teams are pretty solid, and especially when they're getting ready for their tournaments, you know, most of them mm-hmm. are turning out the best teams they can put together. So yeah. so it's it's been fun, and, you know, especially to, to get there and play some really competitive ball. You know, it's one thing playing – playing against all the all the club teams in different countries but when you get the national teams together it's basically like you know almost an all-star team built out of their club club yeah. system that makes makes the level you know that one step higher so yeah and they're pretty serious when they're they're representing their country so yeah absolutely so uh, yeah that sounds good so you've you've played in Spain Germany France uh, Czech Republic what about travels just without baseball involved have you had enough time to um, see any other parts of Europe? Yeah. Um, my, my first year, I was really lucky. Uh, when we got done in Germany, um, you know, some of the teams do it differently, but we all had our flights lined up, you know, prior to the end of the season. So uh, I think I had I had almost a month once we, once we lost out of playoffs. I had almost a month before I had to go home. Uh-huh. So that worked out great. Uh, two of our other imports did too, so... Um, that year we did a did a big trip. Going on to Germany was easy because you're kind of you know central hub right there in Europe. So uh, that season I did got to got to the Netherlands, a few places, got to Belgium, mm-hmm. France, Italy, uh, back through Switzerland, back up through Germany. Um, this year I actually I didn't hit as many countries this year, but France I found the the south of France and kind of the mid region there. You know, there's so much to see. There's so many different places that you should hit so so this year i didn't bounce countries too much i think this year czech republic and france were the only two that i really hit yeah um but as far as that goes you know i still had an awesome awesome time saw some amazing things and really got to dive into the french culture which i I didn't get too much time with the the first year there so yeah so yeah it's, it's a good opportunity and you know especially for guys anybody that likes to travel like myself you know if you can line up a lot of times there's a week or two off mid-season maybe um and then end of the season is a really good time and you know both years this year i kind of did the same thing i told them you know if, if you're if you're going to do my flight ahead of time try to give me a couple weeks or a few weeks at the end of the season so i can you know bomb around yeah. a little bit yeah and that's that's the thing is some guys are in a real hurry to to get home but you know that may be the the last opportunity you get to come to europe and i i I agree with you. Try to save a few weeks at the end there and and see some of Europe and, and use that as an opportunity, of course, if you can afford it, but use that as an opportunity uh to, to see more of the more of the continent. So good decision. Yeah, yeah definitely. Cool. Yeah, you know, I love I love home just as just as much as anybody, but you know, a few weeks overseas never hurts, you know. Yeah, it's just another season places. Another two, three weeks. Great. So um how about uh, let's let's jump into Australia? I know you you spent two years in Canberra, and I'd like to just gather a little information on, on the on that league because uh, you played the state league, um, mm-hmm. which is basically the second division Australia, if you will. It's below the the Australian Baseball League, but sometimes is a feeder 
system into the Australian uh, Baseball League. Uh, it tends it tends to to import players uh, more on a working holiday or a working baseball holiday type situation where guys are set up with a job. Was that the case for you in, in Canberra? Uh, yeah, it was. And, um, you know, going right into it, I kind of looked at it as my off season. You know, it's a, it's a really good opportunity to help a club and, you know, kind of hone whatever whatever skills you're trying to work on for the winter. So in, in that sense, you know, it's great to be able to play for the winter, but it's also a really good opportunity to work and, you know, experience kind of that side of it too. So when I went over there, uh, you know, with the club field, it's pretty easy to, to find certain stuff, you know, basically if, if you want a job or, you know, you need to find a car for cheap or something, the club can usually help you find it. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I realized right away, um, you know, the wages in Australia are pretty pretty amazing if you're used to working in the States. Um, and Canberra also is, is big time on that. There's a lot of work there, and the wages are very good because the way of life is fairly expensive. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so um, first time there, um, I literally, within, within about a month, the buddy and I were managing a, a cafe there and, um, you know, doing pretty good. It's easy to make 25-plus an hour, which – which, like I said, you know, in the States, it's pretty hard to get that, especially if you're, you know, just working a, a, a regular nine-to-five type job. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, no, so so had a blast there. I did work a lot. Um, I enjoyed it, though. You know, I, I like to keep busy, so it worked out well, um, especially living with, the, living with the host family. And, you know, if you can catch a meal or two here and there, uh, you know, 25, 30 bucks an hour, you can do pretty well by the end of the summer. Yeah, so the host um, family, that's free? Because I've heard sometimes they'll actually ask you to throw in a couple bucks once you have a job towards the host family, but that's free, so you're kind of saving that money or using it for travel or, or, or prolonging your overseas career or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that one's uh, kind of club dependent. You know, it depends on the club and then also yeah. depends on the host family. You know, yeah. it's if if they're putting you up and they know that you're making good wages, then yeah, they might ask a couple of bucks. But yeah. um, my my first year there, I kind of kind of followed a buddy who had been there before, and uh, had a had a serious girlfriend who he's now married to. So mm-hmm. you know, I kind of went over and was basically adopted by her family and <laughs> taken very well care of. So so it, it really is. You know, it's kind of a. a individual basis you know some of them might charge you a few dollars some of them might not so so um, that's that's one thing too going over there um you know for any guys i'd recommend you know make sure you know what you're getting uh make sure you have it in writing because you know i i never really had much of a problem but i know guys you know a couple guys have gone over there and you know maybe something they told you you get you don't get or you know they don't tell you they're going to charge you and then they try to charge you so so you know just just to kind of kind of cover your own back you know make sure you get everything in writing make sure that you know exactly what you're getting into before you get over there yeah that's everywhere in europe too you know i notice that there's you hear the odd story of, of you know yeah. there's been some problems and there's been some uh, arrangements that were ended early <laughs> because things didn't go well so for the most part things seem to go well you know most guys that i that sign through my website end up having a good time and everything's fine but you do hear of the odd the odd uh problem so so that's great advice what about the baseball in in the state league of canberra or i guess it's the capital territory is the name of the state but it's pretty much centered around the city of canberra um 
how would you compare the level to to what you've played maybe first of all in college or in the in the Pecos league uh and then we'll bring it over to comparing it to what you've played in, Ger- or in Germany and France. Um, let's see the level. Uh, I I was actually you know once again I was pleasantly impressed, but mainly with the top teams. Um, you know, like I said, really most of the leagues I've played in, I've I've seen that, especially overseas. Uh, you know, the the top half of the teams compete really well, and then maybe the bottom two aren't aren't quite so good. Uh, Canberra, I thought, was pretty solid, though. Uh, the top four teams were real good. I believe there were eight teams the season I was there. You know, the two seasons I was there, sorry. Um, but, but you know, there's there's some good competition. And even those bottom teams, you know, they're, they're kind of the spoilers. They're the ones that, you know, they can come out and upset anybody on a yeah. on a off day and, you know, kind of be the spoiler in the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So, so as far as that goes, um, you know, college ball-wise – it's it's kind of tough to to rank with college because you know college you you're there you're in a program to be there and play baseball and um you know the state league some of the guys are but you also you know you catch catch guys that have families and yeah families and kids and and big jobs and you know so it's just a little bit different there but but you know i wasn't wasn't disappointed with the level at all i thought it was pretty competitive uh i played for tuggernong vikings who were kind of a middle of the pack team we were a team that could you know definitely be a big spoiler and uh both years uh i think first year we we just made playoffs second year we just missed it so mm-hmm. uh, um you know we were a solid team so you know just to see that you know you, there are there are good teams that aren't able to get the playoffs so that tells you you know the competition is pretty solid there so and uh, the the imports there too, I was I was very impressed with. There's um, you know a couple of really good imports. Basically, everybody usually pulls the starting pitcher, which I was real impressed with. All the starting pitchers over there, uh, a few of the guys I know have come ended up playing in Europe, and you know uh, past past affiliate ball guys that you know kind of do the same thing. They decide it's time to bounce around and time to see the world. Yeah, well, I do notice that's kind of why I asked the question about the level of ball because. When clubs in in Canberra or other uh, Australian state leagues contact me about players, it's they're usually looking for guys that were affiliated or or, or played indie ball. Like they're looking for some top level, you know, some top players, you know, and especially in the yeah. pitching department, you know, and um, so I mean the 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 benchmark's pretty high if you want to play there. But I guess anybody that gets a working visa and has some baseball background can get get on with the club somewhere if you're if you're willing to pay your flight over and work yeah yeah you know there are uh, like you said you know all around australia that's it's kind of limited as far as the teams but you know there's there's plenty of opportunities over there if you're willing to work hard and do your thing um you know it's it's not not too hard to find a job and you know some like IBC, you guys, you know, you help out a ton of guys, you know, got got tools like that these days that I'm sure weren't out there, you know, before, and, yeah. you know, if you really want to, you can reach out, you can find a spot somewhere. Um, I think I think a lot of the teams, you said, they're looking for affiliate and independent level guys, but, you know, I think part of that also is just knowing that you're committed. Um, yeah. You know, like, it's, it's a big commitment for us to fly over there and, you know, give up a 
the whole season and blah 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 but if you look at it from their end too you know it's it's a huge commitment for them because a lot of these clubs you know basically they know that their budget they know what money they have and you know a lot of that ends up going to supporting imports and paying imports and sure. flying them over and whatnot so you know they need to need to make sure you're a good good match of character and you know good good guy to be in a family type environment yeah i, I would say it's about half the clubs are, are actually paying that flight and uh, some of them are paying a salary as well, but it seems the majority of them are are asking you to work or are unable to pay you a salary, but will pay your flight. Yeah. And then there's the odd club that wants you to pay the flight and work. So it's, there's, it's I guess it just comes down the club, and you just got to fish around a bit and and uh, see what you can you can come up with. But it's definitely a little different in Europe. Europe, there's a lot more. There's better comp- compensation as far as paying the flight and everything. So. Hey guys, it's time for the Mind Wood Bat giveaway question. The final question, and the sixth out of six, is which IBC member who we placed in Brisbane, Australia, has made his way into the Australian Baseball League in 2014, and most recently has been or is about to be voted into the All-Star Game? Please send your answer to internationalbaseballcommunity at gmail.com with the subject heading E40. So, wow, yeah, it's been quite the experience. You've been all over the place. Uh, I think, when did you start? 2011 was your first time heading overseas to Australia. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. You've been going ever since. So, um, so any uh, recommendations for any for guys that maybe have been overlooked due to size or, or injuries or maybe uh, – Miles per hour lacking a little bit in the pit, if you're a pitcher. Um, any recommendations for these guys and uh, about the opportunities to play overseas or or how to go about it? Um, yeah, you know, I I think guys just kind of need to to realize that it's out there. Um, you know, I, I told you before when when I first started doing it. You know, I I really didn't even have that much of an idea of how many opportunities there were out there and how many different countries you can play in. Um, so, you know, just, just knowing that, you know, look into your options, see, you know, if you've got one place in the world you've always wanted to go, see if there's baseball there. Um, you know, the kind of the way I look at it is it, baseball, yeah, I might not be playing the top level now, but it's it's my ticket to ride, you know. It's, it's my opportunity to, to see and do what I love to do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for most guys – you know, if you're if you're just short of making that draft and you know don't know what you want to do, if if you're interested in traveling, if you're interested in you know grabbing some life experience before you really sit down and work behind a desk, I think it's a hell of a way to go. Yeah. Um, you know, and as far as doing it, like the international baseball community, you know, stuff, little little tools like that that helps helps so many guys and you know in so many ways and not just guys either you know clubs you know you've got know you've got a you got a good selection of clubs on there now that are reaching out to you and looking for guys and you know that's really a lot of baseball is kind of buddy ball you know it's kind of who you know and who you can get a word in with and you know the the more you reach out to people the more you be amazed you know everybody's kind of kind of linked in one way or another it's like a big big spider web running around baseball yeah so. it's true yeah yeah i come across that all the time or guys that have played together at some point in their international career or in college or played against each other and and they're playing in the same league in austria for example so yeah, yeah. it's 
it's all connected. So I think once you get your foot in the door too, that's the way to go. Once once you're here, uh, and you know, of course, you need to to have some success. But I mean, once your once your foot's in the door, then the rest is up to you. You can continue to play overseas and see the world like you've done. So yeah. Uh, so thanks, Rob. I appreciate your time and. Uh, yeah, make sure you keep me posted to see if you end up back in uh, France. And if you do, then I'm going to definitely try to either meet you at Prague Baseball Week uh, round three or or make my way over to France uh, this, this summer. Cool. Sounds good, David. It was nice chatting with you again. Yep. Thanks, Rob. Take care. All right. Bye. That wraps up episode number 40. I want to thank Rob for taking the time to interview with me and fill us all in about his cool story and his adventure of playing baseball overseas and his struggles with it, his comparisons between uh, pro ball in the States and pro ball overseas. Uh, it was a pleasure to listen to. So thanks again, Rob. And if any of you desire to play overseas and follow a similar path that Rob has been on, uh, you can head over to the internationalbaseballcommunity.com and create a free profile right now. We also offer uh, a placement service, uh, which does cost a little bit of money, but uh, we get involved with helping you find that club that's right for you and get your foot in the door overseas. So go ahead and check that out at the same website, internationalbaseballcommunity.com. Also, if you've enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you share it or comment on it. Uh, I really uh, want to get more readers and more listeners, so I would uh, just like to thank you in advance for doing that if you do so. Also, I'd like to give a shout-out to all women fast-pitch softball players. There's a need in Europe or a demand in Europe such as there is for baseball. There's a number of clubs that do bring over women uh, and pay them, pay their flight, pay uh, an apartment and a salary. So there's those opportunities as well for women. So please also create a profile if you're listening to this and you're a woman and you're a fast pitch player and uh, you desire to play overseas. We've now expanded the website to include fast pitch softball. And there's some information about the clubs that actually do so as well on the website. And also feel free to email me with any questions regarding that, d.burns at baseballjobsoverseas.com. Okay, well, thanks again for listening. Until next time, everybody, take care.